What's up, everybody? This is the Betrayed, the Addicted, and the Expert. My name is Brandon, and I am the Expert. And I'm Ashlyn, and I was the Betrayed. And I'm Kobe, the Recovering Addict. What you're gonna get is three unique perspectives on recovery and tools for hope and healing. Okay, guys, welcome to the latest episode. Good to have you here. And uh, we're gonna start first with a fan shout out. So this one is called Lifesaver. That's what it's, the subject is. It's by Relatable and Loving. It says, you guys have been so inspiring to my husband and me. We will frequently listen to these podcasts and pause them often to discuss what we hear, how we feel, and how it relates to our own recovery. Thank you for keeping it real, keeping it honest, and giving us hope. That's awesome. Appreciate the uh, the love and appreciate the fact that you guys are sharing the um that I guess your own experience with talking about, it. I think that's one of the funnest things about this is getting little nuggets and saying, Hey, let's, let's talk about this part of it. It's that intellectual intimacy. Yeah. Which I, 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 one of my favorites. I hear that all the time with my clients of, Hey, we, we, we pop in your podcast or we listen to it and we, it doesn't really matter what episode it gets us going in terms of talking and processing things. And if, if it's doing that, then it's doing what we intended it to do. Right. So, Right, doesn't replace therapy, but it is definitely a, a tool in yeah. your, your tool belt, right? So I wanted to share um, a win from what, somebody that I work with. And, you know, we get to all these wins all week long. But I wanted to share one here because, guys, we're not the only ones out there who are making progress and change. There are so many. And so this gal that I work with had some traumatic, um, I guess, health <laughs> things happen where she ended up um, in the hospital and was, um, ha- had had surgery. She was heavily medicated. She was in pain and, um, her spouse was with her the whole time, but had to leave, to go take a shower, you know, and after he leaves, the doctors come in and say, Hey, you are, um, you're, you're not in a good place. We have to transfer you to another hospital guys. That's scary. You're all alone. Um, you're feeling not yourself anyway. And she felt flooded with emotion, overwhelmed, scared, nervous. And uh, instead of just falling apart, she cried, she let it out, she journaled. And it was a huge, huge win for her to be able to process through some of what she was feeling um, and go ahead and talk that out with her her spouse when she came back. So I I love seeing people put in the skill set to work, right? I love the skill set you talk about of, you know, in in a moment almost of crisis like that, instead of just wallowing in a state of hopelessness and victim, to actually see what was in her control. She couldn't get rid of her infection. She couldn't, you know, force her husband to be there right then. Um, but what she could do is take out pen and paper and, and journal. And, and that made a world of difference, it sounds like, for her. So right. that's awesome. Yeah. It's great. Okay, let's go ahead. Let's get started. Okay, this is a fun episode. So um, we're talking about loving yourself despite being betrayed or despite um, being in a relationship with a sex addict. So what happens all the time is when D-Day happens or when discovery of the affair happens, um, I'd say a good majority of the time, women will quickly turn that on themselves and um is that a thing like people don't do that 
Yeah, some people rarely, but wow. some people don't. Um, That's amazing. Yeah, because I really I've only known the other of I'm. It's me. It's I'm not enough. It's the way I look. It's the way I'm a mother, or the way I'm a spouse. It's all the things. Some people listening to this might say Brandon's full of it, and, <laughs> but I, I really have worked with clients where um, the the women haven't taken it personally. Um, they have uh, they've had compassion. It doesn't mean that it doesn't disrupt their marriage, um, but they, they they know it's not about them. They know they're beautiful still. They know they're daughters of God. They know their worth is still intact. Um, but if you get betrayed, it's hard not to get rattled with those things right. and, and to question those things. And I think the, the self-love and, and that part of it, feeling enough, is just a component of that help of recovery, right? And so... Even if they're starting out with that already, they already know those things. There's still more to work on. Oh, they Whereas, still they still have to go through a whole grieving process, right. and and yeah, there's still still stuff to work on. However, that is probably the biggest component to recovery. Yeah. If if you know what your self worth is, um, then you'll you'll be able to work through this this other stuff. I wouldn't say fair, fairly easily, but you'll be able to do it right. Yeah. Um, but what what happens and where you can really get stuck in recovery is when you do get stuck in that shame, that place of shame, self-loathing, hopelessness, and turning it on yourself, you, you, you kind of put the pause button on moving forward and getting better. And um, before I say don't do that, I first want to validate and say it makes total sense why you would, right? If, if, if your spouse is acting outside of the marriage sexually with somebody else, it's an easy interpretation to say, what's wrong with me? How come I'm not beautiful enough? Um, and so feeling that way is 100% valid, right. right? And you know what's interesting? And, and Kobe and I talk about this frequently, I would say, because we still have things where that I've always felt in our marriage that it's my fault, Right. Mm -hmm. Like everything is I'll take blame for a lot of things. And so it was kind of confusing for me because when when I was at the height of my success with work, I was I was pouring myself into that and finding a lot of success. I was like, no, that's not me. I can't. I'm not the one that doesn't think they're enough. Like, I know I'm awesome. Look at me. Like, uh-huh. look at all these awards. Right. Look, look at what all I've this, done. like, validation over here. And so that's not me. And so when I started to learn of betrayal trauma, I'm like, yeah, I actually scored really low on the betrayal trauma um, assessment. Uh-huh. And, like, I don't have it uh, because I don't think I was connecting that I was choosing to put validation in that work stuff, uh-huh. not realizing <laughs> I wasn't actually feeling any of the other stuff. Right. I took on what I didn't need to take on. Right. Right. The, the thing about it is um, when, when you look at your self-worth, Ashlyn, you think about it, where, where does that actually come from? Myself. <laughs> yeah. Like we, we, all of us, not all of us, but many people, we turn to our spouse to try to get that. And we want them to validate us to say, yes, you are enough. And our entire audience, I can say, you are enough even if your spouse hates you. Even if your spouse thinks you're ugly. Even if your spouse has cheated on you, you are enough. 
because you don't get your self-worth from your spouse. And so if your spouse is rejecting you sexually, um, that hurts, but your self-worth can still stay intact, right? Um, now, how can you come to believe that? How can you not, if you have this codependency that's trying to draw self-worth from your spouse, um, where can you fill that void other than your spouse? Have I stumped you guys? Fuck. I mean, I, I think it's, I think it's a, a, one of the hardest things that you have to be able to do is to, is to um, recognize that so for me it's like i i still account for being codependent every night if i felt the pull of codependency if i actually gave into it because i was i've i've struggled and, and i still there's still moments where i do struggle with codependency but the way that i'm able to successfully get through those moments is number one just breathing and getting to a calmer place right. and then afterwards realizing okay this th- this is codependence realizing the state that i was in and then um, realizing that if there's a trend with that particular situation or with those people, i.e. with Ashlyn or with the girls, then I need to be super mindful of that day to day so that I can be real time mindful of it when it happens and then realize that that's, I need to be interdependent. I don't, I don't know that I'm necessarily answering the question. I'm just kind of like walking through the moments where I struggle with not feeling enough or I give in to codependence. And those are, I can say for myself, I, I get as hijacked in codependence as I, as I would acting out with porn. Right. Yes. Like not in my logical mind at all. Right. So the, the, the thing about it is, is um, really you get your answer from God, but I, I really like what you just said, Kobe. I liked a part of it, which was you get in order to overcome your, um, lack of self-worth and codependency in those moments when, when you know, you're trying to get it from Ashlyn, you stop and you get mindful. Um, and that, that really helps. You get mindful of what is in that mm. moment. That it's okay that she has this emotion or that she's feeling this way or that way. That what who you are as a man, you can still be honest. You can still face what is. You can still accept what is. But I want to bring this back to the women for a second. So, And, and, and what I want to look at is what are good signs that you that you really are struggling with with your own self worth and you're internalizing the addiction or the the betrayal? Um, and I just want to spell some of those out. And if you've experienced some of these, then you're probably fairly normal. Um, but but I I want you to hopefully hopefully look at them and self reflect and say, oh my gosh, I do have that. And so then there's some work to do on my self worth. Because I am experiencing that. So um, one thing is after betrayal, um, when you internalize it, you're, you really get stuck on things like body image, um, wondering if you're enough, um, losing a bunch of weight, um, trying to just look a certain way so that you are desirable. That's a common um, thing that happens in order to try to feel like you're okay because a spouse has hurt you, right? Are you saying that like sometimes the the notion is is if I look desirable, then that defines how valuable or how of worth I am? Yes. Which I I I like how you spelled that out, Kobe, because that statement right there is anything but true, right? If I look desirable, it then gives me value, right? 
Um, and, and we're taught that over and over and over again. And, and, and how we look is so subjective. You know, if I look yeah. desirable according to what I'm being told that I should be, then I have value. That's not true, right? And you know what's interesting in my case, and it's not everyone's story, but I my body hasn't changed much in all of our marriage, right? And so it was very confusing to me that I still felt that way. Like, I haven't changed much since or before, and yet I still felt like, oh, it must be the way I look if he's if it's still not enough. Like, he's still not choosing me. You know what's interesting about that, Ashley, huh. is, is in that frame of mind you're saying it must be the way I look because he's still not choosing me. Um, I hear uh, the opposite, which is, oh, my gosh, his affair happened right after I had a baby, and I looked this way, and so that's why he didn't choose me. Right, So either way, yeah. it can be, look, I, I stayed the same and he still didn't choose me. Right. I changed and he, he still didn't. And, and what that illustrates is that it's not about you, right? It's about his addiction. It's about um, him. You are lovable as you are where you're at, right? Um, and so that's one of the first things is to look at the if, – if, if you're spinning thinking, um, you know, my body needs to be a certain way in order for me to be okay – um, I need to, you know, change the way I look so that I'm desirable. Then, then you're internalizing it. Right. Um, another one is um, objectifying or being jealous of other of other women. So you go out in public, and you're with your spouse or or not. You you might be alone, but you see other women who you think are beautiful, and you start to compare yourself. Um, that's a common thing that happens um, before betrayal happens. It's mm-hmm. a common thing that happens overall with women, um, but it's a common thing that happens after betrayal as well. Right. And so. I see it, um, the women that I work with, it's never not been a thing, right? They're they're always checking in saying, gosh, I went to the mall and yeah. I was triggered. I went to the lake and I was triggered. So it's it's interesting to me that it's not even always the way they're dressed it can be that they look more put together their kids look like they're interesting they came out of a magazine my kids look homeless like it's a lot of different um things i think that we go to comparison and and judgment and jealousy in those moments of objectifying another woman right so my challenge to you is think about it if you go to the mall if you go to the swimming pool if you go to your kid's school and you run into another woman and she's got a perfect body and she drives a fancy car and her kids are all smiling and and well put together. Um, Instead of looking at her and seeing everything that you're not, try to see everything that she is. She's a person and she struggles. I promise you she's human. (laughs) She's actually made up, so she doesn't (laughs) struggle. (laughs) But she's human, and and uh, but but see her, have compassion and love for her, um, because she's she's a human being right there with you, right? And 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 her success and the good things that she's doing have nothing, zero to do with your self worth, right? right? And it's interesting to me. Sorry, Co. Um, the whole clothing thing that's usually what comes off as the strongest point of comparison, right? Of mm-hmm. like. Oh, look at her in that swimming suit, and she looks so much better than me. Or that she's not dressed in she's dressed inappropriate to my standards. That I feel like now Kobe's going to go and and um, 
lust after, lust after her. her. Yeah. And and so that's, I think, sometimes where it goes. But then I think, well, it's all subjective because some guys are turned on by feet. Like, some yeah. some people are think wearing a tank top is bad, whereas other people are like, what's the big deal? So it's it's a tricky topic, I think. You're, you're right. And, and <laughs> that's actually a great point because... <laughs> I mean, how can you be everything that you're supposed to be or should be? And, and really, to who? <laughs> to, to who? And, and, and if you're trying so hard to become this thing that has the perfect kids and the perfect body and, and, and all this stuff so that you're desirable, then you're trying really hard to, be, to not be you. And um, without even realizing that, that that's happening. Without even you're you're becoming Meaning, what you're what you're told that you you should be. Yeah. Right? Without realizing that you're kind of getting lost in the identity, there's like of just comparison, I guess, of 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 um, something that's just not reality. And and let me just say something about just about what you just said. What's interesting is is that Brandon, you said um, there is a story behind every woman that is objectified. You know, the girl who's at the pool who like. All eyes are on her like, oh my gosh, look at, she's, you know, looks just so, or this or that, the other, or, oh my gosh, look how she's rocking those yoga pants or whatever the case is. And both the men and women objectify her. And you're, you said, there's a story behind this individual. This, this is, she's a human being. And that's exactly what I help guys to understand to get out of lust is when, when we objectify women. Isn't that interesting? Kobe. It's the same what, principle, what, right? What you do to try to get guys not to lust after a woman, you're trying to help guys not objectify a woman. And right? you see them for a human being that has maybe a really horrific childhood story that they have overcome and against the most insurmountable odds has achieved um, really big benchmarks of success as a, as a partner, as a professional, as a parent. And, and yeah, some of that could be fiction, but the truth is, is like... If we see them as a human being who might have overcome some really great odds, it's like then all of a sudden you you can't help but honor them as a human being and stop objectifying who they are. Absolutely, yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah, it's the same principle, right? It's not objectifying the human. But I'm going to tell you this from a woman's point of view who's been betrayed. It's really hard to see that from the woman's side. Like, how am I objectifying another woman? It's my husband. Do you do you guys uh-huh. understand? Yeah. And I myself was that way. I could look at, I remember seeing the girl, the second affair and being like, well, of course you picked her. She dresses like a slut, but that was me objectifying her. Right. Absolutely. And, um, totally wrong of me, but that's where my head went. But the difference is, is if, if Kobe, you objectify a woman and use her for your lust, then you're breaking commitments and, and you're betraying Ashlyn. Mm-hmm. Right. Ashlyn, if you objectify a woman and see her as everything that's on the outside and everything that you're not, um, you're not breaking those commitments and betraying Kobe in that moment, right? Right. And that's really where the difference lies. Yeah. But, but is there not a betrayal of self that, that both participate in? I think that's where you get the mix-up is it's like for him it's breaking this – he's slipping, right? Yes. He's, he's breaking a boundary or – or some bottom line. But for me, it really is just p- kind of policing my head and saying, hey, you're you're about to go spinning here. Absolutely. You're, you're about to go out of control 
And so for me, how I got out of that, the judgment of what other people wore and all those things was, my gosh, I got off the, the high horse that I was on because I, I did see the world very black and white. Right. And I forgot that, wait, we all were raised with different values and different uh, core beliefs. And so who am I to say you're not dressed appropriate? And who am I to say, you know, you shouldn't show off your assets. Like, hey, it's your because it your bother- freedom, right? Because it bothers me. Right. right. That's my own stuff. And so right. I had to start looking at myself and saying, okay, this is clearly bothering me. It's my own stuff. Absolutely. But then I do what Kobe kind of suggested of. I try to see the good in people. Um, and you suggested too. Right. Of Instead of counting the bad things that I don't like about them, it's, hey, wow, she actually, like that swimsuit is super cute. And I would love to wear a swimsuit like that. Right. Something, you know. Right, exactly. I mean, think if, you know, if you go and you see a beautiful woman, uh, you know, and as a woman, and you see, you see another beautiful woman, just try to see a beautiful woman. Right. right? Just try it. See, see if you can just, just really admire her beauty as a human and as, as, as another woman, right? And, and let me just say this to that point. One of the things that Ashlyn has done that you've done in, in recovery, I'm not saying you never did this prior to, but, but especially in recovery, you've been very intentional of when you see a girl or a woman with a cute cut or you like their dress or whatever, you'll go out of your way to tell a perfect stranger, you look cute, or I like those shoes, or your hair is really cute, where did you get it done? And I don't know that you necessarily did that before recovery lots, but I've seen you regularly, not often, right? You're not like the girl who's the running around Target like, oh, hey, you, and oh, hey, but you do that intentionally and regularly, and I think that really is an indicator. I don't know if that's something you chose to do, if that was yes, part of your recovery, <laughs> but I think that was... It Brilliant. Was, yeah, to part of it to get out of my own head and say, hey, if I'm admiring someone, I should probably just tell them instead of be jealous. Tell them how beautiful they are. <laughs> right. 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 Yeah. So, okay, I got a scenario for you guys. Um, Kobe's, he's bumping along. He's hanging out at the beach, right? You're just trying to get a tan, just just enjoying yourself. Because I need one, people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, Ashton, you come up and join him, and then... Just one after the other, just beautiful women, bikinis, like, all around, just kind of hanging out, right? Um, is it okay for you, Ashlyn, to be a little uncomfortable? I would say yes. Okay. Absolutely. Why? Because Sh- we should Let me play devil's advocate. Shouldn't you just be kind of sitting back and being like, oh, these are beautiful women? <laughs> I know. That's what I just said. So <laughs> I'm going to talk out of both sides of my mouth. Um, no. Here's how I look at it. Um, And it goes back to what we say a lot of times is we have like safety locks on our phone, on our car, on our house for a reason. And so I think putting ourselves in situations that make us feel really uncomfortable just to say like, look how healthy I am, isn't always the best thing. And so I know we have people that we mentor that they struggle going to the beach and, and it's like, well, let's take a season off and not go to the beach and work through that stuff so that you can go and enjoy it and be with your, like, be with the people you're there with rather Absolutely. than, um, a gal that I talked to, um, a couple weeks ago was saying, I got home from being out all day. And when I went to journal for the night, I realized the only thing I had that came to my mind were all the strangers all the strangers that I was judging and comparing myself to. Mm -hmm. And I realized 
I hadn't been present with my kids and my family and I hadn't been kind to myself and who I am and what I look like. And it, it broke her heart. She's like, I'm sick of this. I don't want this. And so it's Kate, let's take a step back. Right. 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 And let's do something. Let's go on a hike instead. Right. Right. I love that, Ashlyn. And, and I love what you said. You're spot on in the, in the, you know, you're at that beach, there's women everywhere. It's triggering and it's okay that it's triggering to you. Um, you can, you can look at those women and say, wow, what beautiful women and their daughters of God and they're wonderful too. But that it's also, it's also hard for me to be here with Kobe around these other women because it triggers me and it makes me wonder if I'm safe um, in terms of his, you know our, our fidelity and his commitment to me. And, and it's okay for you to say, hey, well, let's go somewhere else. This doesn't work, right? Right. Just even another part of the beach that's yeah. not maybe so crowded. Yeah. Totally. Or what is it? People that go and they just turn their beach chairs around so they're facing the mountains maybe instead of the actual pool. Right. So, so own, your, own your trigger. See it for what it is. Speak your shame. Gosh, this is hard for me to be here because I'm starting to compare myself. Um, can we go down the beach a ways, right? Um, so, so rather than just kind of try to force him to not lust and, and then try to get him to, to be focused on you, right? So a, th- a thought on this is, is that um, recovery has taken an extraordinary amount of planning for Ashlyn and I. It's taken an extraordinary amount of mindfulness for you and I. And like I've spent since we've, since we started specialized recovery, well, specialized therapy and then recovery, um, we've both worked from home and I've, I've done phone calls like the whole time. And, and, um, I've had to be very, very mindful of anticipating what environments going to be safest for me to have phone calls. And, um, so it took planning ahead to say, this is, this is the environment that's best for me. Moreover, um, it's like if I was an alcoholic and I said I want to go out with friends, it doesn't have to be the bar. Right. It can be um, we're going to go shoot guns. We're going to go throw axes. We're going to go skiing. We're going to go uh, you know cycling. There's any number of things. And so the point is, is if you want to be able to enjoy the beach or the pool – be creative and don't put yourself in in the same scenario over and over again that's going to lead to this overwhelm of triggers. Maybe you're going to find, like you said, a more secluded part of the beach or you're going to find a lake where it's it's pretty secluded and maybe there's like two people who are in swimming rather than like 50 people who are like within your vicinity in an eye shot so you can mitigate risk. And so I think the, I think the planning ahead on this is and, and, and understanding where we really are is as important to um, being present in the moment as well. It, it's it's just key to being present in the moment, and I think it just I think that's what really recovery demands. Right. Looking ahead right. and planning ahead. I just I'm just picturing you throwing axes right now. <laughs> <laughs> there are like places around here. I, right? I haven't well, it's done like it yet. A new thing. That <laughs> yeah, is the that axes. is the thing. My kids are afraid to go, but we're we're gonna go. Totally. Yeah. But but you know, coming back to it, it there is an element in a in a relationship where. We, we desire love and connection, and um, we do want we, we want our partner to be physically attracted to us. We want them to be attracted to our heart, connect to our emotions, connect to us spiritually. And so when we spin out because we're scared that we're getting abandoned, um, that's normal. It's normal to feel fear that we're going to be rejected. 
um, what I would challenge you to work on, what we can talk about on Patreon, is um, go for that love and go for that intimacy, but don't use the other person for your validation. So, so if if you're married to an addict, if you're married to a sex addict, then then you're you're in a really tough position if you're wanting that sex addict to give you all of your worth as who you, who you are in terms of your beauty and your physicality and even your emotional connection. Um, you need to figure out how to find that on your own first so then you can create that intimacy and that love in your relationship. You know, it's interesting as you're saying this, I'm thinking um, how social media has played such a big part, I think, in people's own Mm self-worth, right? And we find value in likes and comments and all those things. And uh, I think for our case, when, you know, we live a very public business life on social media, if I took my value from those likes, comments, and messages, it could go either way. Because sometimes I get messages that aren't kind. Right. Right? And if I took that on, then my self-worth is going to go low. But if I took on all the praise, then it's like, oh, I'm sky high. So we just try to stay even road. Like, hey, I love that you're here and you're sending praise, right? We we read our fan shout outs. Right. But we're not like living off that, right? Because we can't. No, it will go either way. Our, our self worth <laughs> does not come from that. We love your we love your reviews, guys. Send them. Right. Um, but you guys, I hate to tell you, I don't need them for my self worth. <laughs> and you know, Kobe, you got called a pig the other day on social media, and and, and I kind of pointed it out to Kobe, and, and he kind of brushed it off and laughed and moved on with his life. We we haven't hardly talked about it since, right? I can't remember actually when we I did know, talk I about it. Yeah. I've been called a pig a number of times, but <laughs> it's too much. But but the truth is, is that do you see even from my perspective as far as learning how to be interdependent and learning how to be present and learning how to um, connect more fully with your own individual worth. Um, that's something that I've had to do because again, I want to, I, I want to just draw a quick correlation is remember if you're the betrayed listening to this and, and you've struggled deeply with, um, with this whole conversation, I want you to remember that, that, um, likewise your partner like has struggled deeply because I'm a huge, huge believer that addiction is the great thief of self-worth. No question. And so there's going to have to be a dual effort for both of you to reclaim your self-worth. Yes. And and I think as we reclaim our self-worth and it's easier to forgive self and um and accept um God's forgiveness but also to um to be shame resilient. And and that's all a process, um, and um, it takes time, but it's possible to do that. And we're going to talk about some of the very easy beginning steps that you can take to do that for both the – definitely for the betrayed, but also for uh, the addicted as well on Patreon. That was actually something that surprised me was um, I just thought it was just me because I was the one that kept saying I'm not enough. But when I started to hear Kobe and he got real with me of hearing his self-worth, it was shocking. Like, Well, I assumed it was pretty high since you were – doing what you were doing, but it's incredibly, it was incredibly low. I've never met a, a, a sex addict who's, who's been involved with it for a long time, who's acting out with a really good sense of self and, and good self-worth. Now, they might come across as narcissistic and prideful, but that's not self-worth. Yeah, cover. Um, arrogance mm-hmm. is not self-worth, right? Um, so, yeah, it's all about, it's all about, you know, Rick, I like the word recovery, for a couple reasons. Recovery, it's not recovered. 
It's like what we talked about a couple weeks ago on our podcast. It's ongoing. Um, but the other reason why I like recovery is you're recovering something. And it, it's something that's always been there. Um, your value and your worth is infinite and it's just there. And we get lost behind all of all of these things, the comparison to other women, um, the, the, you know, the addiction, the betrayal, all, all gives you these faulty core beliefs that say, uh-uh, you're worth actually, you're not enough, you're not okay, you're not valuable, you're not lovable. And what that real hard recovery work is, that vulnerable, courageous recovery work does, is help you see, hey, despite all these things that have happened, um, despite what my partner has done, oh my gosh, it's still there. God still loves me the same. So, Super important topic, and I just want to give um, a shout-out to the betrayed who are still hanging on despite the tumultuous moment that you might be in, whether you've experienced this currently or you have experienced this in the past. Um, you've stayed and from the perspective of the addicted, there's no way to quantify the value and the gratitude for the fact that you have stayed. I was on the receiving end of someone who stayed. Well, I, I got to say too, and I want to be careful. If you have left, right. maybe you left for good reason, mm-hmm. right? Maybe you left because it was the, the healthy thing to do as well. That's right. it. That's a great point. Agreed. Oh. That's a great point. So thanks for being here, guys. Uh, we're going to wrap up the episode. But um, again, we're going to have the deep dive on this topic over on Patreon. So uh, go to the show notes at the bottom of the podcast app. Click on details and you'll see the link. And I'd uh, love to have a review for you. Hop over on the uh, pod or on the uh, podcast app and uh, you can leave one there. So yeah, thanks for being here, guys. guys. Keep yeah. on keeping on.